You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. Discipleship is a lifelong process. Learn more in this message by Pastor Chico Peña. Simple. Okay, discipleship is simple. A review of uh, this uh, series is that at the end, after today, after this preaching, that we will know that discipleship is simple and it is not complicated. That will in turn encourage us to be a disciple and to make disciples. In the past three weeks, we have talked about in week one to follow Jesus, meaning that discipleship is about following Jesus and recognizing His Lordship in our lives. In week two, we talked about fish for people, that discipleship is about reaching the lost, not reaching the found. And in the third week, we talked about fellowship with believers. We had Pastor Sunny uh, last week to share the word, and it, it was about this, uh, us being united with fellow believers with a goal of, of, of us gearing towards growth and maturity in our faith. And today, this afternoon, we will be talking about the journey. What now happens next? Okay, if you notice that uh, the past three weeks we have discussed you know, the key words there, it all starts with the letter F, and today we will be discussing the four E's in discipleship. Uh, vision, you know, I, I was just uh, struck with this word about vision. We see our cell phones, we see our gadgets. Before everything came to be, you know, how, how bigger our gadgets are, the cell phones, how, how uh, brighter the LCDs are, how clearer they are. Before everything else, you know, was invented. Someone else thought about the telecommunications many, many years ago. Alexander Graham Bell had this vision of, you know, for, for someone to be able to speak, you know, not, not only in, in your neighborhood, but even across uh, the world, there has to be something that should be used. That's why he invented the telephones. That was a vision that he thought about, and it was carried on throughout the years. Uh, Bill Gates, you know, he had also a vision in, in a statement for every home to have a computer. And even right now, we know that we don't only have computers, but we also have all, all, all sorts of stuff in our house. You know, to be able to get into the internet, to be able to, serve, to surf, and to be able to research things. Okay? This has already developed through time. Someone has also thought about, you know, uh, giving everyone an opportunity to be able to, f- to fly. Not to fly, but, you know, to ride a plane. Because it used to be that uh, people only who had... Uh, you know, sabihin natin, you know, that, uh, that, that had the, the money, okay, the wealth, na sila lang yung pwedeng mag-travel. But right now, you know, they have thought of a way that people will be able to go through two places by having their seat sale, their piece of sale, and all these kinds of sale. You know, for the, everyone thought about this, about this. There was a vision. But you, if you will try to uh, notice this, there is a common thing about these three things, uh, three examples that I've given you. Only a few people started out these visions, these visions, and only some more 
probably added and you know they, they, they did something about it. But more than the airplanes, more than technology, more than the phones, as Christians, we have something more valuable than these people have ever invented. Jesus is far more important by anything, by, uh, by anything else. What is God's vision? What is, what is this message that He has given us? What is this vision that He has casted upon us? There must be a reason that God is just so eager you know, to, to give us, for us to learn, for us to grasp, and to be more passionate about. And if, if we think about these things, you know, what happened was, if we are just to go back and you know, review all these things, what, what have we done for Him to pour out His love upon us? We have sinned. We have sinned against Him. And because that we have sinned, it has created an immeasurable gap between Him and us. And then God had, did not have a vision, but He has a plan. He has a plan. He has a plan for everyone. What happens next after our lives here on earth? Simply to, to put it simply, you know, He just wants us to be with Him in eternal life. He wants us to spend our time, you know, not going down, but even going to where He is in the heavenly realms. God wants to be with us. He has given us this vision. He has given us a message. He has sent us His one and only Son to preach the gospel. And that is what we are going to talk about today in this simple message. What will it takes to bring the good news about Jesus to all the peoples on earth. I'd like for everyone to please stand up as I read our main text for this afternoon. It is found in Matthew 28, starting from verse 18, and it ends in verse 20. Now it says here, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. Lord, indeed, discipleship is simple. It has never been complicated. But your love is overwhelming. Lord, there is something that you want to impart to us, that you want us to listen to. Lord, help us realize all these things. Open up our spiritual eyes, our ears, and even our hearts. Thank you for your message. Holy Spirit, enable me to deliver your word, your powerful word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let me take your seats. The passage that we just read, you know, as, as you open your Bibles and you would see it, there's a title uh, on top of it, and it says there, this, this is the Great Commission. This is the Great Commission. And if we are going to define what commission is, you know, I just pulled this out from our dictionary, and commission means it is an instruction, it is a command. Reading it as the Great Commission, then therefore it is a great instruction, it is a great command. And another definition tells us that it is to bring something newly produced into working condition. You know, come to think of it, we don't really produce 
leaders. We don't produce really disciples. We don't use the word produce. But later on, we will be able to get the whole point of this. Everything or anyone and everyone who has been discipled and will be trained will be put into good use so that they too will be able to spread the news, the gospel of Christ. It says also there in that scripture that all authority, all authority has been given to our Lord Jesus Christ. And what are, what, what are these? The first one is he has the authority to forgive sins. And we have some uh, scriptures to, you know, to, to look into. And he has also the authority to mediate to the Father. He has authority over demons. He has the authority to send the Holy Spirit. He also has the authority to open the hearts and the minds of His people. He has the authority to reveal the Father, to give eternal life, and to raise us up on the last day. So therefore, if Jesus has all the authority, we ask ourselves, then what's the problem? Why don't we go and make disciples? The scripture that we just read, we are going to dissect it. And, and, and as I present, you know, the, the bits of this scripture, we will be able, I will be able to put in, you know, the process, the journey. What are the four E's of victory as a movement? Now, the first one is this. It says that, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. When we hear the word go, or when someone tells us go, normally there is another question. There is a question attached to it. When someone says go, I'm going to say why. When someone says go, I'm going to say who. When someone says go, I'm going to say why. Uh, I'm going to say where. And another one says go, I'm going to say what. What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? But true, the truth is, if we are disciples of Christ, we are commanded to go, our response is to say yes. We just say yes. If they say, Rain, you go. And he's going to say yes. No more questions of, you know, where do you want me to go? He's just going to say yes. If God calls me to another place in Festival Mall, <laughs> or probably wherever, I'm just going to say yes. Yes, Lord. I'm going to go. We are all commanded to go and make disciples. And in this, and in, in this point, you know, uh, this may probably be uh, this may probably be one of the hardest things to do. What is the first E in our uh, discipleship journey? The first one is to engage, to engage with people, not to engage, you know, man, woman. That's a different kind of engaging, but to engage the people who have not yet heard the message of Christ, who have not yet heard the gospel, who have not known Jesus at all. There are certain people groups that God wants us to go to. You know, in, uh, the Apostle Paul, when, when he mentioned in 1 Corinthians 9, that he said that, I have become all things to all people, that by all means I may save some. I do it for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. You know, when the Apostle Paul said that, he, he, it doesn't mean that when he goes to a group of drunkards, that he will also drink with them. Jesus was also exposed to a lot, all kinds of people. He was also with sinners, with tax collectors. Once he was with an adulterer, but he never compromised. God calls us to go into this people group so that we may engage 
with them. Next year, okay, next year, my wife and I, we're, you know, when you're getting older and you're getting worried about, you know, the age and, you know, how you look, we're, we're, we're half a century already next year, okay? And now I'm, I'm just thinking, Lord, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> it, it has been deformed already, again. You know, once this midlife crisis has been gone, but now it has grown back, okay? Sabi ni Pastor Sani, ang hirap palakihin niya, tapos paliliitin mo. But anyway, I'm worried, I'm worried. I'm worried about my health. We are all worried about, you know, uh, uh, our lives, probably. Because you know? if you're sick, how can you be able to fulfill? But anyway, we're worried and we made the commitment, let's exercise, let's exercise. My wife and I, let's exercise. Okay, now we have committed to, to go on biking. I see a lot of people who are, you know, bikers here. There are two groups of bikers here, the mountain bikers and the other one is the fixie group. Okay, fixed gear. Do you understand what the fixed gear is? Fixed gear is a bike with two wheels. <laughs> but it has no brakes. It has no gears. No coasting. Whether you go up or you go down, you keep on pedaling. Fixie is hard. I was praying, Lord, last, uh, last year, uh, this friend of ours from church, and uh, he made me try his fixie. In fact, when I tried to ride this bike, I said, only crazy people will, will, will ride this kind of bike. It's better if I say it in Tagalog because, you know, it's... But allow me to say it. Sabi ko, loko-loko lang, sasakay nito. People who are really crazy will just ride this bike. Anyway, I ended up, you know, having a fixie. There is a purpose. There is a purpose why. It's not only because so that I can develop stamina or, uh, you know, even to get that right kind of exercise, but there is a community group in this fixed gear. It is a people group. There are groups of fixie riders in Las Piñas, there's a Paranaque, there's Cavite, there's Laguna. And the sad thing is, this particular fixie group in this particular area has this tagline. No gears, no brakes, no coasting, no God. For them, there is no God. I don't know whom they look up to, whom they consider as a God, but they are declaring that they have no God. Radical people, radical people, very young, you know, more than double yung half my age. If I go with them, they would say, tatay mo, um, bagal, di ba? Um, bagal ng tatay mo. But anyway, the fixed group in our church, in this congregation, you know, they have, they have that heart. They have that heart to reach out to these people. They are lost. They, in fact, do not know what they display on their shirts, what they put on as a tattoo, or even declare with their mouths. No God. They need to hear the gospel. They need to know who God is. And even right now, as I speak, we are there. We are there. Or should I say, they are there because I'm not there. I'm there to only pray for them. You know, you can ride with them. You can, you can, 180 kilometers. I can't, but I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. <laughs> they are there. We're almost there. They have opportunities. You know, even they take their night rides. This is just biking, you know. This is just biking, but this is a very, very big thing. Especially if our goal, our purpose is to be able to share the good news to these people. Last night, they were out again biking. They had, you know, uh, a time uh, in, in, one of, in Moa. 
That's what they like, tam bike as they call it. They just share stories, you know, talk about their bikes. But our people here in church, they had the opportunity to pray for them. It is the first time that they see before riding a bike, you know, people are praying for them. Another example, like uh, you know, when you're new engage with people is that one time I did a memorial service. You know, it's not that I hate, you know, I, the word is not really hate, but seldom that I would like to have memorial services because I'm emotional. I get easily carried away. I cry when the family cries. But anyway, this was an opportunity. I saw this guy from the audience and I was sharing. I was really sharing. And they asked me, you know, the family were asking me, what are you going to share? What, what message are you going to share? I'm going to share one-to-one. You know, I'm going to share salvation. I'm going to share lordship. I'm not going to talk about anything about your... You know, we're going to pray for your family, but I am going to share who Jesus Christ is. And I saw this guy, uh, probably uh, about my age as well. Um, you know, just to put a name to it, tawagin lang natin Ramon. So after the service, I immediately came up to him. Ramon, hi. My name is... Rain. No, no, I'm, my name is Chico. And I introduced myself and I, we talked about, I engaged, we talked about his career. We talked about, you know, the teams. It's good that you have the same, you know, hobbies. You, you have the same interests. It's so hard to engage into a certain particular group if you don't know what, you're, what they're talking about. So this is also part of the plan, you know, part of our mandate, part of what we are doing. When we engage, we just don't go there and don't know what we are saying. So I was talking about basketball. I was talking about all these players. And he was so amazed. How come you know them? You know, do you play? Obvious ba? Hindi, di ba? I'm small. I don't play. I'm just a fan. Then I didn't say that. But you know what I mean? Engaging with these people. These are the very people that need to hear the gospel. Engage. Is it hard? It's not. Romans. Romans says, in ten, uh, Romans 10, 13 to 15, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? You know, I've said that we engage, but let us not engage for a long, long time. Maybe you say, no, I'm, 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 I'm now in the engaging process. Okay, but you've been there in that group for one year already. No, we have to act out. We have to move. We have to preach the gospel. Okay? How are they to believe in Him whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching to them? And in the last one, it says that how are they to preach? Of course, unless that we are sent. That's the reason why we go through all these things. We go through training. We go through a lot of stuff. It's not tiring, but it is definitely exciting. We need to be sent out there. We need to be sent out there. Secondly, uh, in Matthew 18, 19, the, the second part says there to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptism is a disciple's public confession and declaration that one belongs to Christ, belongs to a particular congregation. You know, we cannot claim that we are Christians. You know, just like us, you know, we don't have many homes. We also have to establish ourselves in a particular spiritual home in a church community. And this is the second E where we are going to establish them. Establish them in the faith, in the word, and in the church. Before they can even ever go through baptism, we have to go let them know 
who, who Jesus is. That's why we have such tools as one-to-one. And after the one-to-one, where do we allow them to go to? They, they, we have Victory Weekend. We have Making Disciples classes. These things are, 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 are not just booklets that you put in your pockets. And then later on, when it's hot, you know, just take them out and then turn them into a fan. This is something that should be read to them. You know, just a while ago as well, I, uh, before the ser- service started, I also did one-to-one to a couple. And then just, uh, so interestingly, the past four one-on-one sessions that I had are all from the MMA community. I'm asking, Lord, what's, what's, why are you bringing me to uh, these kinds of people? <laughs> I don't know what, what, what part of the preaching, you know, that, that it was mentioned. If people have all those tattoos in their bodies, our tendency is just to move away from them. You know, they have a tattoo. But all these people whom I did one-to-one to or at least mentor, they have all tattoos in their bodies. These are the very people who can be relevant as well when they go back into their own gyms, when they go back into their own neighborhood. We will be able to, you know, uh, minister to them. And then later on, they will like be an Apostle Paul. Just minister to one who knows that they will be the one to preach and a lot of people will be saved. Remember the story of Luis Pible last week. Establishing everyone in the faith. Uh, Acts 2, 38 and 41, uh, Peter said, Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And in verse uh, 41, it says that, So those who received this word, those who were hearing Peter preached, 3,000 were added to the church that day. You know, how we can ever wish, you know, at this time, if there are thousands of people, you just preach. You know, I don't know if there's a magic, uh, something about the hand, but when you preach, ah, people are going to be saved. And how I also wish and pray, we pray that in, in that crowd, our family members will be there listening to us. And the family, I'm strongly praying, you know, for, for of course, for my father and, you know, our, my, my, my siblings. My siblings, I will never stop. I'll not stop, you know, praying for them. I'll not stop engaging with them. In fact, in one time, the last uh, New Year's, New Year's, so every New Year, we, we always have a reunion. And I was just uh, surprised uh, over dinner. He, my, aunt, my aunt, the owner of the house, she told me, uh, Chico, can you pray for the, for the food? Oh, of course. I think, well, let's, let's, let's pray. And then we were about 50 uh, during that time. And uh, my uncle, you know, you know, sometimes you have uncles who are bugoy, okay? <laughs> he would say a lot of things. Uh, he, was, uh, he didn't think that I overheard him, but he said, he told my two younger brothers, you stay beside your brother and then act as a Christian. You be an altar boy. You be altar boys. And instead of, uh, you know, being offended by what he said, I, I called those two, my two brothers, you can stay here. Stay beside me. And then you do this. And then I'm going to pray. When you engage, you don't get offended. I'm not saying that I'm trying to be philosopher also with him. But that's the culture in our family. Everyone is maloko. So I tried to, you know, just, okay, go with the flow. Stay here and then do this. I'm going to pray for the food. But I ended up praying for them. Praying for them. There is and there will always be opportunities for us to pray for them. Okay, establishing them making them know who Jesus Christ is. 
third one is this, teaching them to obey. To teach them to obey, or sorry, to observe all that He has commanded us. It's time now for equipping. Equipping the saints. To teach all that I have commanded means to receive the words of Christ in its totality. Holistic. You know, you leave nothing. It is complete. We do not leave room for, you know, sige lang, okay lang, I don't need that. We don't have that uh, privilege of just speaking what we want to obey. It has to be all that He has commanded us. Because as they receive the teachings, okay, we will enable them as well to be able to pass this on to others. Ephesians 4, uh, 11 to 14, it says that God, uh, He gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. And that's uh, what the leadership team is uh, doing at this time. But imagine, if we will do all the work, if we will do all the work, probably we will not reach New Year this year. There's about 10 or 11 or 12 of us. We cannot you know, handle the whole Alabang congregation. You are about 11,000. This is only a few that you see. But when you go to Festival Mall, you know, <laughs> all the services are packed. 11,000 against 11 pastors. We cannot do it. That's why we equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And then last one is that, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro. Meaning that we are unstable because of all the things that we are hearing. Sometimes if we don't you know, uh, do our own devotions or do our own study, when we hear other teachings... Okay, there's going to be a danger to it. That's why we have to do our study as well so that we may not be uh, you know, just enticed by you know, the so-called cults. There are lots of cults who even speak the word, who will teach us. But the question is, is it the truth? Or is it you know, false doctrines? We will not be carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, and deceitful schemes. Also in 2 Timothy 2.2, it says here that what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful. In the NIV, it says here that entrust to reliable men who will also be able to teach others also. Right now, the leaders who are here, now you've been developed because people saw a potential in you. Now, when we talk about a potential, it doesn't mean that because you know how to speak, you look good, you dress well. Those are not potentials. In fact, if you are one who, I don't know, I was once, you know, one who, I don't know if I had something on my mouth that I was not speaking. You know, you, you know that I'm there, but I'm not there because uh, are you alive? Are you there? Hello? Oh, but someone encouraged, someone encouraged us. Who are the people in the, like, you know, that was once like me, whom you think will be enabled so that they will be able to teach others also. Look at around you, not here, but look at the people whom you are with. They are the ones who will be able to teach others as well. There is a leadership potential also in these people. And then the last one is this, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is with us always. 
to the ends of the age. It talks about empowerment. Now, we're not talking about now the empowerment of the church, but it is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit which Jesus himself promised to us. That when he leaves, he's going to send us someone. He's going to send the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1.8, it tells us there that, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If we are going to personalize that scripture, what is our Jerusalem? What is our Judea? What is our Samaria? And what is the ends of the earth? Again, obviously, the Jerusalem is our family. The Judea is our immediate community. Samaria are the kinds of people whom you would not even engage with. You know, you, you have a, a community where you will always pass by this uh, Eskenita. Okay? And at the end of the Eskenita, there will always be tambais. There will always be people, drunkards. You know, all they do is when you pass by, inum kamuna. What are you going to do with them? Will you just completely, will we just completely ignore them? throughout the days of our lives. There will be a point in time that we will have to stop, not to drink, but to engage with them. These are the very people as well that need to hear the gospel of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Power. What is power? In the Greek, it means dunamis. It's, it's a miraculous power. It is also translated as an ability. It is might or even strength. God has given us that power to speak words to them that we could not even think about. How was I able to say that? It's not the anointing of people, but it is the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I'm, 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 I'm closing this uh, simple message. And uh, I would just like to go back. You know, if, if you go and read, I'd like to call uh, our, our music team, if you go and read Matthew, as we have read earlier in the last part, in the latter part, Jesus told us there that he will be with us to the very end of the age. That was not the first time that it was mentioned in this whole book. In fact, when the angel came in Matthew 1, 1 an announcement was being given to, to them you know, that behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel. And that Emmanuel means that God is with us. If you look at the whole book, if you read it from the first chapter and even to the last part of this chapter, it's like bookends. It's like bookends, confirming that God has always been with us and He will never leave us. I'm with you always. To the end of the age everything that comes in between and it's just like that we are in right in the palm of the hands of God what are we fearing what are we afraid of what is stopping us from preaching the gospel there's one point or this one point that I'd like to leave to you today that the journey of discipleship, it is simple. It's really simple. Therefore, we are commanded just to go and make disciples. Go and make disciples. Again, I'm going to pray. 
I'm going to pray for each and every person. You know, we may be, uh, for the longest time, we've, we have become Christians, or probably, you know, we'd, some may even say, I was born already a Christian. Since birth, I was already a Christian. Okay. No one's going to contest that. But the question is, how have we, you know, contributed, not to the church, but to the commission, this great commission? What have we done to let the others know this great news? We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in the Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.